welcome to episode 56 of In The Saddle Podcast. This week's betting preview will be covering all the top racing action this weekend in the UK and Ireland. Saturday's focus will be on Chepstow and Kempton. Then to wrap things up, we will be going across the Irish Sea for Sunday's card at Nace. This week's panel includes the usual suspects, Lucky Loaders and Paul Callahan. My favourite, Paul Callahan. How you been getting on? Flying, absolutely flying. Um, had a great Christmas. Busy all day now with college work and what have you. The next few days are kind of occupied by assignment deadlines and what have you. So um, busy few days. We're looking forward to the race and then uh, everyone's keeping well over here. Thankfully, good. Um, and obviously my dissertation that I sent to you on the betting industry will probably come in handy as well moving forward. One thing I would say as well, um, when I did get your nap selection in this afternoon, Paul Callahan. I did have to refresh it um, at the price because it, it's a price. And obviously the listeners will find out about that later on in this episode. Lucky loaders. Um, I see you've been tweeting a lot about the weather recently. Are, are you living in a dome? Yeah, I don't know what it is at the moment. Keep seeing all these uh, precautionary inspections and abandonments going on everywhere at the moment, especially in the National Hunt game. But where I live here in Hampshire, haven't had any rain for at least a week now. Um no uh, frost on the cars when I wake up in the morning. The ground looks fine. Yeah, I think they should be uh, building some race courses uh, down here in Hampshire. Also, um, have you been paid out for that sensational triple trio treble at Happy Valley on Wednesday? Yeah, we were able to land the triple trio out in Hong Kong with the preview we recorded earlier um, in the week on Shireen Wu's channel. Uh, back to them, uh, back the three of them in the lucky fifteen, but the other leg unfortunately did let me down. But yeah, it was good to to bring up that my form in the UK hasn't been particularly great recently. It's been a bit up and down, but hopefully we can find some winners uh, this Saturday when there's uh, plenty of good racing around, and uh, I do fancy quite a few. So uh, yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into it. Well, you know I'm certainly a fan. You'll be getting a Jerry Chow tattoo soon enough. If, if anyone doesn't know who Jerry Chow is, he's a seven-pound claimer riding out in Happy Valley. He's very, very promising. Uh, that seven-pound claim is absolute thievery, so definitely one to take note of. Anyways, let's get into Saturday's card. We'll start with Chepstow. Um, the going is heavy as we speak at the time of recording on Thursday evening. First race we're going to look at is the 125 Coral Finale Juvenile Herder Grade 1 over two miles. Naslam um, is a short short favourite at the moment. It's around even money, um, 10 to 11 in places. What do we like here, Chris Loder? Yeah, I think it's difficult to look past the favourite, really, with uh, Naslam for Jamie and Gary Moore. has been very impressive on uh, both his starts in the UK this season. Uh, both his wins have come at Fontwell, and he's a similar... or There's been a lot of comparisons made between him and Goshen. You can definitely see it. He's won... Uh, by some emphatic margins already. His last win came by 49 lengths. In those races, he hasn't beaten much, so it's hard to really get a gist on how good the form is, but he has achieved a rating of 140, and if he runs anywhere near that level, he should take the beating. The ground shouldn't be a problem as well. He won on his uh, debut at Fontwell um, over heavy, so again, shouldn't be a problem. As the rest of the opposition, the thought Adagio could maybe give him a run, thought he was quite tough last time out. It's always been a good uh, race, I should just mention, in the last few years. Bristol de May, uh, Defi de Soy have won it. So you do get some smart juveniles. 
uh, in this race, despite it looking a, a weak Group One, you know, so it can produce a superstar. But yeah, I just thought Nasalan. I think if you wanted to have a better even money, don't think that's uh, bad value. If you, you wanted to maybe stick it in a multiple with something else for a double or a treble over the weekend, but yeah. Nassalam, if he uh, runs to near his rating and replicates what he's been doing, I think he'll take all the beating. Um, it's interesting you mentioned about what is this horse actually beating. Visually, visually very impressive, but you know, I'm not I'm not convinced with the, what this horse is actually beating so far. A um, couple of egg and spoon races. Do you really think this horse is rated 140? From what he's done, I do think he deserves his rating of 140. Um, I was watching an interview earlier with uh, Gary Moore on Sky Sports Racing about his prep for this race. And he was saying that uh, the, the times at Fontwell were pretty good and were quite close to the course record. And when he ran, I think it was on this, uh, his most recent start, it was one of the quickest times uh, on the card. So I think you have to sit up and take note, you know, and the handicapper wouldn't have given him a rating of 140 if, if the maths didn't all add up correctly, you know, and... So, yeah, I think, really, he, he sets the standard on what he's done. Uh, even though he hasn't beaten much, uh, I think he can be the real deal. So, Nassalam, even money for lucky loaders. I mean, as you say, if, if he is the real deal, especially from that stable, you probably could see the money coming for him. He could be going off around 1.6, 1.7 on the bet for exchange on the day. I did think Adagio for David Pike was impressive last time at Cheltenham, uh, quicking up the hill, travelling well. Paul Callahan, what do you like here? I actually like Adagio for, for David Pipe and Tom Scale. I'm going to come back to the times in a second, just when Chris touched on the on the times there. But Adagio has yet to finish out with the first two from three starts over hurdles, which include two victories. His most recent came at Cheltenham last month when taking the Triumph Hurdle trial. Prior to that, he was second behind Duckle Coach in a similar contest that was back at the Open meeting. Um, the times of all three runs over hurdles have been pretty respectable in comparison. I think to Nassalam, he's been posting a slightly a quicker time. I know different tracks and what have you. Nassalam or Nassalam, he might he didn't beat much like, but the you know, on his last run at Fontville, he was returning, he was your one to twelve favourite. The time of the race was over half a minute slower than standard. Now he won by forty nine in lengths. He obviously I'd, I'd imagine he could have cut at least fifteen seconds off that time and what have you. So I think on times he, he would have a bit to find, like the likes of Hope Greece, the, the Nichols horse. I think it's interesting that the Paul Nichols has, has shipped him into to grade one company straight away. He was a, a nice winner at Otai on his last start. And I know it's different tracks and, and ground and what have you, but I think that run was, was almost 20 seconds faster, over two miles than, than the Salem's winner at, at Bontwell. Um, however, Hope Greece was comfortably held in third at Otai two starts back. That was back in September. And I think the Fergal O'Brien trained Elham Valley will have to be pretty sharp over, you know, second time over hurdles. I think it's, it's a big ask contesting a grade one contest. So I think all things considered, I'm going to side with, with David Pipes Adagio. He's currently five to one, uh, six to one available with Betfair at the moment. You know, just sort of looking at this race, I mean, the way Adagio travelled last time and quickened the way, I think it was it was impressive. I really liked that performance, that attitude. And just sort of looking from a, a betting point of view, I mean, if you can get even money, free places on the top one, David Pipes, and you'd be all over that, wouldn't you? See, see, from a value point of view, Chris Loder, would you bet both of them, or which, which one would you, would you sway for? Would you sway for the favourite even money, or would you bet the top one, the free places at even money? Yeah, I think 
with Adagio, I think you could do what they call the dirty each way. You know, um, it, it's a it's a dart um, dart to nothing really. If he wins, he he, he wins, and your quid's in. If 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 he places, you get your money back, don't you? Um, yeah, I mean Adagio. All I would say, he was he was thrashed by by Duffelcoat um, when he probably should have won that day, um, in my opinion. Um, and it's in and it's it's slightly disappointing that we are not seeing the Irish runners because I know Quicks a loss if I can ever pronounce that right. And uh, Duffelcoat did have entries for Gordon Elliott. I think he wanted to get a handle on on the English Triumph horses. He probably wants to get a handle on on Nassalam, obviously, because on what we've seen so far, you'd have to say Nassalam's up there as one of the best juveniles we've seen here in the UK. Um, obviously, I, I I respect what Paul was saying about Adagio, but on RPRs, he didn't achieve a particularly high high um, rating, only one two two. So that that would question that form. Whereas Nassalam on his R. PRs uh, rated 140 on his last start, you know. So even though yeah, the times might differ slightly um, on the ratings, he should be winning this. Okay, so Chris Loder is keen on the favourite. Nassalam at even money for Gary Moore. And Paul Callahan is keen on Adagio at 6-1 to one for David Pipe. Just, just to wrap this up, it was interesting you mentioned for the Gordon Elliott uh, absentees. I did think the Coloxius, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, had quite a similar profile to Nazalam, and it would have been an even better bad each way race uh, with Adagio if that runner was in. But I'm quite sweet on Adagio and the place market, even money. So moving on to the 310 Coral Welsh Grand National Handicap Chase Grade 3, run in memory of King Kim Jenjo over three miles set. What do we like here, Paul Callahan? I'm going to have to say that to Lucinda Russell trained at Big River, running off a mark of 141. Derek Fox on board carries his 10 stone ace. Big River was finished fifth in the ultimate behind the conditional at the festival back in March. Stayed on to finish the remote tour on a seasonal reappearance at Cheltenham back in November in a grade three chase won by Ramsey Telly. Runs off 141, which was fifth off at the festival. He won a Kelso almost a year ago last January, it was mid-January of last year, off a handicap mark of 137. That was on heavy ground over three miles, and Big River was only getting going towards the, the finish of that race. I think that run, seasonal reappearance at Cheltenham would have sharpened him up here. You know, off 141, carrying 10 stone ace, I can't see him finishing out of the blessings. I think it's interesting, I know you mentioned heavy ground and planned inspection tomorrow, Friday afternoon at half past two, but with frost in the ground, that'll be that'll take quite a, a bit of getting. It'll be quite tacky, bluey ground. One would imagine, and I, I don't think any horse will, will like that. I think it'll just whoever handles it the best. And but I can't see Big River out of the blessings in this one, to be honest. I should remember we actually put this horse up last time out. Paul Callahan, um, we're both quite sweet on the chances. The channel well beaten into thirds, but there was money for the Cinder Russell eleven year old. It's thirty threes into sixteens. Um, I can confirm that wasn't my money. Um, but I was on on the place market, but not on the win. But I do think um, this horse will certainly be staying on, um, and probably the heavier the better for the for this runner. Um, so Paul Callahan is keen on Big River, currently best price available. I think I've seen a bit of 20 to 1, Paul Callahan. Yeah, we'll have a bit of that, I think, each way. Yeah, it's, a it's, a long journey down from the, it's a long journey down from, yeah. I think, like Lucinda Russell's nearest course is Perth. She's yeah. coming a long way down. I know she came down with a horse before, the grey horse. It was a silver by nature. Peter Buchanan, I think, finished placed in a Welsh National. So 
it's not too often she would venture down the south and of course partner and assistant trainer Peter Scudamore will be to be keen to, to pick up a bit of prize money at worst heading back up north certainly competitive off one for one 20 to one after Paul Callahan with Big River lucky loaders what do you like in this race we might as well just um taper my podcast uh um selection for this race uh, a couple of weeks ago because i'm going to be sounding exactly like a parrot here uh springfield fox been going on about this horse for a long time now um i think he's extremely well handicapped off a mark of 142 i'd be disappointed if he didn't have a few pounds to play off that rating the ground shouldn't be a, a problem for him at all the heavier the better an interesting profile he was a very good point to pointer and then when he joined Tom George's yard, he started him off over hurdles, but they only gave him a couple of runs and then they put him straight over fences. And from then on, he's never really looked back, really. Uh, he won here on his chase debut um, when he bolted up on heavy ground at Chepstow uh, from the front, which is going to be uh, a good thing. You want to be uh, prominent if you can uh, in the Welsh National. It's got, a, it's got a good record for those that normally race prominently, so that would definitely suit him. He then went on from Chepstow to win again by 17 lengths at Exeter. He unseated halfway round the National Hunt chase when he was still in contention. He didn't get to the business end of the race, so you can't say either or really how he would have fared. So you've got to say that he still would have had a chance, you think, turning up the Cheltenham Hill if he had um, managed to uh, keep Noel George aboard. Um, so you can forgive him that run. Uh, he's had a prep. He ran over hurdles here um, in early December. So, yeah, he finished second. He just needed that as a as a as a fitness run to get him ready for this race tom george has always said this has been the target and uh yeah i think uh, he'll go very close sean Byrne as well is a it's a good jockey book him gets a nice low race and weight plenty to like and uh i'll be disappointed with probably quite a lot of bookmakers offering the extra places at least if he couldn't make make the frame but i think he'll go very close he's currently eight to one best price available springfield fox for lucky loaders i'm quite surprised that none of you tipped up the uh, the favorite secret reprieve i'd like to actually hear your thoughts on this because obviously very visually impressive last came out and uh, looks like a classic evan williams plot job to try and land this big race what do you think of that chris's chances do you think it's uh, a plot job it it could be he's always from what i've heard about him they've been a horse that they have really liked and has got good record at chep so he's actually Two, two out of two on heavy ground so he's a horses for courses uh, kind of horse um, and when you do the maths uh, it does look very good and he does look very well in uh, he gets to, he gets to um, race off here off a mark of 130 still when he's actually going to be rated 142 so he's kind of 12 pounds well in um, yeah he's, he's got a standout chance really but at the prices um he's still got to prove that he stays the extra distance and also as well he's not my my kind of bet in a race like this so, and i have to be loyal to springfield fox as well because i fancied him for this race for a long time so uh springfield fox still has my uh my vote of confidence i was very impressed with the win last time out for secret peeve uh, evan williams charge um i think the future mark on eight pounds and sorry getting in um, off 134 and this race is big and especially in this ground off 10 stone one adam wedge on board stables in a bit of form 11 percent strike rate 
actually nicked a bit of 6.2 on the Betfair exchange today before they suspended the market. So I think I'm looking uh, quite pretty. Um, I mean, the only question mark would be, does the horse just stay the extra trip, but has has decent uh, course form? I think that seven or two, I think this thing could go off maybe two to one, 15 days. I, I really can see this thing being absolutely smashed off the board because it looks good on paper. So Chris Loder and Paul Callahan's selections for the 310 Coral Welsh Grand National Handicap Chase. Chris Loder is keen on Springfield Fox, currently eight to one, best price available. And Paul Callahan's selection is Big River. And I'm quite sweet on Secret Reprieve at seven to two for the Coral Welsh Grand National Handicap Chase. Moving on to uh, we're going to continue size action. We're going to move on to Kempton. The going is declared as good. The drainage is very good here. Um, but it has been raining. I'm in Hammersmith right now. It has been wet. We're going to start with the 220 Dornan Engineering Real Keel Hurdle Grade 2 over 2 mile 5. We'll start with Lucky Loaders. What are we on here? Yeah, well, this is one of the, the rearranged races from the New Year's Day meeting at Cheltenham. And if we look at uh, the field for this race, it's quite a tight competitive race. There's not too much between all of these unofficial ratings and a lot of horses are getting various weight allowances or having to give away certain uh, graded penalties. But the one that I thought was quite a big price and that was quite keen on his chances is on the blind side for Nico de Boinville and Nicky Henderson. Now, there has uh, been in the news uh, going around in the, the last couple of weeks that Nicky Henderson's stable might not have been hitting top form, and they did have a few disappointments, obviously, that we touched upon in our last Racing Review podcast that ran at Kempton. However, I was doing a bit more digging into this, um, and actually, his horses have been running okay. Um, they've been operating at a 20% strike rate, uh, in December, which is still uh, a pretty decent return. And if you backed all his horses to a £1 level stake in December, you would have been quids up. So I'm not really concerned about that. And they often do well in January as well. So this is normally still a time of the year to follow them. On the blind side, he's still, I think, got a little bit of scope to come over hurdles. Um, he's he's four wins from seven starts. He um, did go uh, chasing quite early on in his career and he's had mixed results but uh, since he's gone back hurdling he's looked a different animal he's running two decent handicaps at Cheltenham he won one of them uh, off a big weight and the form of the first one where he beat Mrs Milner Mrs Milner isn't too bad and then um, he, he ran against um, Come On Teddy last time out uh, giving away nearly two stone uh, to, to that horse when finishing in second that was quite a decent handicap for the grade and uh, he, he did really well. Now, those um, races were over three miles. This is over two and a half. Um, I think off a, off a rating of 151, if he runs anywhere near that level, I think he can go really close. He needs a horse that likes to be handy as well, which can suit Kempton. We've seen it before. He's got good course form. And on ratings, he's not got too much to find, really, to, to, to be going close in this. McFabulous does obviously head the market. Uh, he wouldn't be my kind of um uh bet for for a race of this nature i think that run last time was might have just left it out on him even though he does have good course form when he won uh the e uh the ebf final here the reorganized one uh back in march but uh yeah i, I quite like the look of uh uh on the blind side chances and um i, I think he'll go fairly close 
he's currently 16 to 1, which I think is a, a big price, especially if you can get any any additional places uh, with specific bookmakers on on Saturday. Um, 16 to 1 is a big price, considering this horse's form. Um, McFabulous is currently heads to betting at 6 to 4. The one that quite interests me was Somerville Boy, the winner of this race last year. Um, I was quite uh, surprised he didn't put this one up, Chris Loader. Just um, obviously, I know had an eye-catching run behind your champion hurdle hope song for someone, um, and obviously he's got a bit of form behind Time Hill. Uh, some of our boys currently nine to two in the betting. Moving on to Paul Callahan, what do you like in this race? Well, I'm just going to mention anyone, any Borham Bill, Borham Bill fans in the Lanzarote, you'd be keeping an eye on. You, you never call Kim Bailey's charge. Who just got the, just finished ahead of him when the pair met. But in the Darrell Keel, I fancy McFabulous. I thought he I thought he maybe laid down a marker on a seasonal reappearance in the Persian War at Chepstow for the stairs hurdle. He was impressive at Chepstow on that occasion. That was of course a grade two contest over two and a half miles. McFabulous didn't quite see out the three miles at Newbury in the long distance hurdle, finishing third behind Time Hill and Paisley Park. He was in the leads. I think he hit the front run with the second last and led on the approach to the to the last hurdle. And the last hurdle at Newbury is a little over a furlong out, so it does take a bit of getting. And I think the drop back to two five will suit McFabulous. He's a horse that was quite keen last season, and he does. He seems to have matured from from the break and what have you. He seems to have really settled down. So I think that it was worth a crack over three miles, which evidently he didn't stay. And I think he can take the beating here with the drop back and trip. He's currently heads up betting at six to four, like fabulous, uh, for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden. Um, so to wrap up this race, at uh, least quite competitive. Uh, Chris Loader is keen on on the blind side at sixteen to one, and Paul Callahan is keen on McFabulous at six to four, and I think some of a boy uh, is certainly going to be there. Um, looks like a, a solid each way selection. Moving on to the two fifty five, Silviano Conte Chase Grade Two over two mile four. We'll start with Paul Callahan because I know you you've been talking about a horse in this race all, all season and ever since we met. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of, of Imperial Aura, Kim Bailey, David Bass teaming up. The small field will, will I think suit Bass or Tommy Tucker, but you know I think Imperial Aura Bass he's gonna be shoving on the cold from the start here, putting the pressure on. He finished off last season beating Galvin, of course who's golden was very impressive on his seasonal reappearance and now goes straight to, to Cheltenham, hopefully all going on to plan. And um, Imperial Aura started off this season as good as he finished last season by winning the Colin Park for Memorial Intermediate Chase at Carlisle. That was back on the 1st of November. Of course, the race won by last last year by loss in translation. Imperial Aura then went on to, to win at a grade two at Ascot, beating Itchy Feet by five lengths into to second. And I think Imperial Aura, I think it's going to continue on the upward trajectory here. Just keeps on improving and improving uh, for Kim Bailey. He's currently four to five best price available with Betfair. Lucky Loaders, what do you like in this race? Well, I actually liked the outside of the race here, Clondor Castle. I thought he was quite a big price and should be, I think, ran about the same price bracket as Master Tommy Tucker and Riders on the Storm. I think I don't know what the biggest price you can see there, Mark, but I've seen at least seven seven to one out there um, with William Hill. Um, yeah, I think I think I think there's not too much between a lot of these. I can understand why Imperial Aura maybe is a shade of odds on. Um, obviously did win that that uh, race at Ascot, but if you look at the form of that, it, Itchy Feet 
disappointed on his next start. Real Steel didn't live up to expectations as I hoped in the King George. So I don't know if that was a particularly strong race. Um, whereas I think Clondor Castle brings some pretty decent form to the table. Finished third in the rearranged Peterborough chase um, at Cheltenham, which was a good run. He made uh, a slight mistake and also as well, he was badly hampered three out. So I think you can maybe mark up that performance slightly. He won a handicap at Newbury, a decent one, giving away plenty of weight to some decent rivals. And then also as well, he finished second behind um, Nutswell in the old Rowan, and that's been a good yardstick. That's produced quite a few winners that race. So um, he, he comes in here with some good form next to his name. He gets £6 as well in weight when there's only £8 on official ratings between them. So there's not too much to find to go to give Imperial Aura a good uh, run for his money anyway. And also as well, he can be ridden from the front. And I just wondered if James Byrne decides to... Um, to, to, to go from the front. He might just be able to stretch this field, stack them up and uh, use, use the turn of foot he's got because I think going this way round will definitely suit him. He's uh, one at Huntington, which is a similar kind of flat, right-handed speeders track um, in the past over fences. Um, I think if James Byrne uses his initiative, goes from the front, I think it's a winnable race. He could put Master Tommy Tucker... Uh, under pressure of his jumping, he's a good jumper, Clondor Castle, Riders of the Storm, six, uh, needs to really step up. Imperial Aura is the one he definitely has to beat, in my opinion, but I, I don't think it's uh, impossible. And with the £6, I'm quite tempted to, to have a bet on him. There's four, like, there's only four runners here, but just from Chris's mention, it'd be interesting what, what James Bowen decides to do. Of the other three, like Imperial Aura, Master Tommy Tucker, Riders of the Storm, they all like to go forward. So it could be quite a... It'll be interesting. The, the first two or three fences here could be fairly frantic. That's an interesting angle. Um, it could be some absolute mayhem in running on the bit for exchange. So it might be worthwhile actually holding off the gunpowder to maybe the first fence to see how this is going to unravel. It's, it's interesting what James Bowen, what, just what Chris had, had mentioned it, like, do you, do you know do you play? Do you try and go with them or do you hope maybe there's three horses that do like to go forward? Do you sit in behind and hope that maybe they take each other on and, and do too much and, and maybe ride to, to try and sneak it later on or, or what. It's, it'd just be interesting to see how the cards are played. I think the first two forums are going to be as crucial as the last two. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a good point uh, from, from both of you. So Lucky Loaders is keen on Clondor Castle at 10 to 1, best price available, and Paul Callahan is sweet on the favourite Imperial Aura, uh, 4 to 5 currently with Betfair. And I'll certainly be watching the mayhem unfold on the Betfair Exchange and running. Moving on to the 330 Lanzarote Handicap Hurdle listed race over two mile five furlongs, a 20 runner handicap hurdle in soft ground. This is what Chris Loader dreams about at night. Lucky Loaders, floor is yours. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. This is one of my favourite races um, of the season. I just absolutely love it because there's always you're always looking for that exciting younger horse coming through the ranks uh, it's normally a, a race that throws up a good horse normally one um, that's unexposed and is still improving a lot of the horses that are maybe getting on in years or look exposed on paper they don't tend to normally fit the bill for this race in fact this was the race last year I had the bestie man uh, sitting at a nice price of 16 to 1 and he just started to surge clear and then he unseated at the last we were able to claw back a little bit of uh, 
a redemption with him at Cheltenham uh, this season when he uh, finished second each way at a big price. So he, he doesn't completely owe me. Um, but I think Nicky Henderson owes me because he went on to win the race and he's got a good record in this race. He won it with Barry's Edge last year and he's won it uh, with William Henry as well, who, who's a good horse on, on his day. Uh, won the Coral Cup, I think, uh, later, um, or back in 2019, I think it was. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, it is a, it's a race Henderson does do well at and uh, normally produces a good horse. And the horse that he's got at the top of the betting or near the top of the betting uh, for him, Glyn, I'm quite excited to see this one run, to be honest with you. And I think at the prices, he's definitely worth a good each-way selection. It's a particularly... I thought tough renewal. There's quite a few in here that you can give chances to, but I really liked the look of Glenn. I thought you could mark up his um, his effort last time at uh, Doncaster, where uh, even though he was uh, very warm in the market that day, 11 to 10 favourite, I think he might have just needed that run. And he bumped into a horse of uh, Paul Nichols called um, Echo, who had been running in some decent races, finished... Uh, close up behind Buzz at um, Ascot and we know Buzz ran a good race next time at Ascot and that handicap worked out quite well. Um, also as well, um, Echo went on to finish second behind Monte Cristo in a decent handicap hurdle at Kempton over this course and distance. So that form looks uh, pretty good. He won quite uh, well at Doncaster on his first start for Henderson last year so there's lots to, to like about this horse he's got mark of 134 which i think looks workable it's his second run after a wind up as well which is always a popular angle he just seemed to fit the criteria a lot for this race um and for me i would be disappointed if he wasn't slightly better than his mark so not a particularly confident selection but i thought glenn stood out for me uh as taking the right boxes for the race uh with the trends and I thought he was still uh, a very backable each way price. He's currently twelve to one with Betfair on the sports book at the moment. Um, perhaps they might be playing five places on this market. Interesting angle with the wind surgery. Uh, you'd be hoping to sort of squeeze out a bit, a bit more improvement. Certainly workable of one three four. I think twelve to one's a big price. I would be, I would be surprised if this horse doesn't go off single figures on the day. And there's money comes for Nicky Henderson's Glen. Paul Callahan, what do you like in this race? Well, I think it's a brave call from from the Hobbs team whatever go tackling a, a field as big on on what is just a sports start over hurdles. He was the winner of a four runner contest justifying odds on favoritism at Ascot when last seen on the eighteenth of December. However, you'd have to sit up and take no ten stone eight with no saunas at the race courses at the minute. Wouldn't be terribly uncomfortable for Richard Johnson, but wouldn't be the most comfortable way either. Um. You know, I know he can do 10 stone in the past at a push, and he can do 10 stone, but just with no saunas at the race courses, I would sit up and take note of that. I do seem to recall the White Mouse done me a turn on our last start when winning at, at Cheltenham. Interestingly, it was the Mayor's Hurdle. She was um, she was, she was was one of the first off the bridle at the top of the hill, and she just stayed on. I think Kempton, she won at Wincanton in a similar sort of fashion. Brioni Frost was on board at Cheltenham. Richard Johnson was on board. Uh, in Canton, Jack Quinlan takes over on Saturday afternoon. But I just think the White Mouse might get out pace there. Flat track is not going to play the horse strengths, but I do think she's a mare. Although she's seven, I think she's, she could be destined for, for better things. She's a, she's a mare clearly going in the right direction. But the horse that I come down on the side, on side with is Oren Bill, Bremel Lavelle, and Ben Jones claiming three off 11 stone. 
overall he's pretty consistent for a nine-year-old he has little mileage on the clock and it's just three victories from 21 starts he ran a cracker to finish third off a handicap mark of 130 on his last run and he was only beaten ahead by the winner the second runs earlier on we mentioned it to kim bailey horse um, is rated 156 the top rated in here is solo running off 144 and i think a similar run from boring bill here i think season has to see him involved in towards the, the end of this race uh, boring bill is currently 20 to 1 uh for paul callahan i did have to to refresh the the market a couple of times when paul callahan did uh notify me of the selection uh 20 to 1 shot um in this big race interesting the the angle with Everglow as well with Richard Johnson. I know that you have you have told me before uh, with the weight issue is something to certainly take notice of, and a lot of people don't even take into consideration that variable. And the white mouse, white mouse is quite short in the betting. It's currently eight to one. She 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 ran on very gamely last time, and obviously got you a winner when you were on the the recent TV tip star. And obviously I was shouting that one home. Um, she I think she traded it yeah. running as well because uh, she as you say she was the first one off the bridle, but she's ran on very strongly. But you would imagine this course and this flat track would be against her. Um, but Boran Bill, um, you'd imagine every chance uh, for Emma, Emma Lavelle, currently 20 to 1, uh, best price available with Betfair. Um, and if you could get five, six places in this race, um, make sure that you uh, you shop around to get that. And Chris Loder is keen on Glenn at 12 to 1, best price available. So now what we're going to do is we're going to go across the Irish Sea for Sunday's card at Nace. Uh, we're going to be previewing uh, the, the Lawler of Nace Novice Hurdle on Sunday, the Grade 1, over two miles. Uh, the going is currently heavy, and we'd imagine it'd be an absolute bog uh, come come Sunday. Um, interesting, I mean, there's quite quite a fascinating renewal. Um, probably will be quite a good indicator towards Cheltenham. The undefeated superstar, Envoy Allen, taking this race last year. What are your thoughts on this, Paul Callahan, this one? I think this is quite tricky. Um, Cross Hill is as well taught uh, you know was a winner on Hurling Debbie of Punchestown back on the 28th of October however failed to, to build on that when managing to, to finish second he was a beaten favourite on his last start at, that was back at Punchestown on heavy grounds towards the it was back in early December December 6th Cross Hill would be interesting at a bit of a price to bounce back um, Blue Lord one star for a, for a French recruit is quite late coming to the, the hurling ranks but one was you know did got the job done nicely on on hurling debut bob ollinger a nice winner when last seen but also i'm going to come down with here is and i think it'll be interesting to see with robbie power back in ireland who he's going to write i'm going to side with ashdale bob who has plenty of experience he was he's a great two winner at navin last month despite being quite keen there's some nice horses in behind including gabinaco who was tough to be held back and thought he's a horse that I think will be quite nice to see as his career progresses. But Ashdale Bob, he's not mind the ground. It'll be interesting to see what connections decide to do tactically. He's a horse with plenty of experience. Will he use that experience and go forward? Because he has been dropped out in the past. He's come from, he's been dropped out last. He's made the running and he's sat handy. He's sat in the first four or five. So he seems pretty versatile despite being keen. He seems pretty versatile as far as, as tactics are concerned. Um, it'll be heavy grounds. It'll be quite testing. He handles that. If I was connections, you'd imagine if you're not good, if there's no one that keen on making it, you'd be you'd be keen on, on popping out from the gates and like, taking your own fraction. So it's Ashdale Bob for me. He's currently four to one. 
best price available um, for this one. It's interesting the, uh, the the comments on Blue Lord. It's kind of nine to four. It's quite short in the bang. That's probably one that I think the layers are trying to get. Um, obviously, a French recruit quite late to racing. Obviously, you've got the Willie Mullins angle, but I do think that horse is short enough. And uh, Bob Ollinger is kind of leads the betting at six to four for this one. Chris Loder, what do you like in this race? Yeah, I think this is going to have a few possibly Cheltenham clues in it. That's uh, if obviously if Irish runners can hopefully run at the Cheltenham Festival this year. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, it's been. Norm, it's normally a graveyard actually for Cheltenham Festival winners. Uh, Envoy Alan was the first one since uh, a horse of Willie Mullins back in 2009 called Mikel de Heine. I don't know, hey, I probably made a absolute hash of that pronunciation, but a lot of good horses have won this race and then gone into Cheltenham very well fancied and often um, flopped for some reason or another. So I don't know. If it's normally a hard race. Um, I think there could be some clues in here for potentially the Albert Bartlett. Um, that that was my kind of way of thinking. Uh, Bob Ollinger, I think, might want to step up in trip in time. Uh, and Henry de Bromhead's had a good record in in the Bartlett in recent years. So that would be interesting. Um, got good form with um, Fernie Hollow who a lot of people be hoping can go on to good things this season for Willie Mullins. Um, one last time very comfortably at Nace. I think Ashdale Bob is very interesting. Um, it was, it's interesting that uh, he's got the experience, which Paul was uh, talking talking about. I'm wondering maybe, I don't know what Paul's thoughts on this would be, but do you think Ashdale Bob could be a Bartlett horse? Because it was said that, for the last few years until maybe the last couple of renewals he wanted um horses with with experience and it's got three miles in his pedigree do you think paul that ashdale bob if he if he won this they could be tempted to go for the bartlett yeah i think i think they'd have to win there i think if he wins this and, and wins it quite well he, he won it now and the last day quite well um i'm not sure if he'd be ground independent what he would be like on on better grounds you know, all his all his runs have come. He's, he's never ran an anything better than than soft. Um, but I think if he wins this, I think the connections would nearly have to to, to certainly would be tempted of going across. I don't know, depending on what the, the races would be. I know you have you have a fairy house coming up shortly after that. But um, I'd imagine connections would be very tempted to, to have a cut at the Albert Park. But I just want to to let the listeners know um, the twinkle in Chris Older's eyes right now. Um, I'm looking on Betfair at the Albert Bartlett Novice Hurdle, um, and he has actually just been clicked clipped in in the last what thirty seconds. He's currently twenty ones to back, and um, so if he wins this race convincingly, um, he's certainly not going to go for that. If if he makes order, if it makes it to Cheltenham, he's certainly not going to be that price, is he? So if you obviously want to take Chris Lowe's advice um, and obviously Paul Callahan's selection, maybe maybe have a few quid on. Uh, and he posts perhaps um because he's certainly not going to be that price if he wins convincingly on sunday so just to wrap up this race for for the race on sunday uh the 230 lollers of nace novice hurdle grade one chris loader is with the favorite bob ollinger at six to four and paul callahan is keen on ashdale bob at currently four to one 
And obviously, as our, our two pundits have uh, outlined, uh, Albert Bartlett, novice hurdle uh, for John Mastbill, Bob is currently 21s, 22s on the Betfair Exchange right now. Um, so that could be a nice little, a little trade um, for people using the Betfair Exchange. Now, we're going to go on to another another favourite part of the show for Chris Loder, the Any Other Bet section. Um, Chris Loder's found one for us in Wincanton. The floor is yours, Chris Loder. Yeah, well, compared to the grade, uh, the graded action we've uh, been looking at, we're going to uh, to to a real low level here, a class five uh, handicap. Um, Nick Mitchell, um, come back to the training ranks uh, over the last couple of months, and he's got some nice horses on his on his hands, and there was one that caught my eye running in the three oh five at Wincanton with a horse of his called. Uh, Bagnard, uh, Tom Cannon booked, making a handicap debut of 101. I thought his run last time at Wincanton was quite encouraging, uh, was prominent, which is often a good tactic round, um, round Wincanton. Um, and he had been running in some in some decent novice hurdles. He's going to make his debut off a mark of 101. I thought this was a really weak race. Uh, the Tizard uh, horse currently is the favourite of a mark of 102. He hasn't been running to, to any uh, great form. Tizard's horses are absolutely stinking at the moment. I thought he was a really uh, weak favourite in my opinion. And I thought Bagnard uh, showed a lot of promise last time and currently available with William Hill at the time recording at 15-2. Uh, I just thought mark of 101 could be quite exploitable in a really weak race where none of these haven't shown uh, a lot of form and uh yeah I, I thought i thought running in handicaps now for the first time we might see a very good run for him him and i, I think he could nearly potentially be fighting for favoritism come post time so yeah that's my only other bet to mention for the podcast but i was quite sweet on uh, his chances it's currently 15 to 2 on the sports book with betfair um ambient hill short enough 15 to 8 I mean, that, if, that, if that goes off that price, I'm not sure. I mean, that could potentially be a delay of the weekend or maybe even a police lay on the bet for exchange. Paul Callahan, any other bets from your end? Or... I think the 145 accountant is a crack and handicap chase. You have Commodore for Venetia Williams. It's interesting. Brian Hughes is opposite Kempton on Saturday afternoon. But I'm going to side with two for gold. David Bass, Kim Bailey pulled up, you know, never really landed a blow in, the, in that competitive handicap chase what was the Hennessy behind Cloth Cap back on the 28th of November that run was too bad to be true so fancy two for gold to get back on track in the 145 for Kempton two for gold is currently 13 to 2 uh, for Paul Callahan. Uh, best price available currently with Betfair uh, to get back to winning ways in the 145 at Kempton so uh, we're going to move on to the most important part of the show Naps there was some chat this week on social media regarding experts and tipsters within the racing industry refusing to produce a profit and loss on their betting tips. So, moving forward in 2021, we will be taking note of all our pundits' naps with the creation of our own naps table. I have complete confidence that our pundits will produce profit on the year. No pressure, you two. So, for week one, lucky loaders, what's the nap? It's going to be on the blind side in the retail hurdle 
at uh, Kempton for all the reasons uh, said earlier. I think he's a fairly big price. I think he's still got a bit more to come over hurdles. Um, and he's not got too much to find on ratings either. Uh, I think he shouldn't be underestimated. And I think he might surprise a few people here. And that's why he is going to be my nap in this podcast. So, lucky loaders, week one is going for a 16 to 1 shot on the blind side for Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville. Paul Callahan, what's the nap for week one? I don't like short price favourites, as you guys well know, but I think Imperial Aura wins. Um, I can't see him. I, th- I think, yeah, I think he wins the Sylvan Yarko Contest Chase. He's not much of a price. So at bigger odds, I've gone with Boren Bill each way in the Lanzarote Hurdle. I think he's run the last day. He's got to it in, I think, ahead of, you never call, Kim Bailey's, who runs in the Darrell Keel Hurdle, which goes to post at 220. You never call is rated 156. Top rated, as I mentioned, in the Lanzarote is solo off 144. So I think a similar run from Boren Bill sees him on the podium here. Can't see him, you know. I think he's a cracking each way bet for and Bill for the, the Lanzarote. So, Paul Callahan is keen on Boran Bill. It's currently 20 to 1 best price available um, for Emma Lavelle in the Lanzarote. And saving the best to last, um, I've actually got the shortest price in that this week. Um, let's see, uh, the tables have turned. I, uh, I'm quite keen on Secret, secret Reprieve um, for Evan Williams and the Coral Welsh Grand National. I just think this horse has been laid out for this race um, and is still ahead of the handicapper can see this horse going off a lot shorter in the day. Um, and I think the 5-1 to one is still available. I think it's a massive price. So that um, that wraps up the naps for week one. Thanks for all the analysis, Chris and Paul. I'd like to say a big shout out to all the listeners. We're growing every week um, and I couldn't do it without your support. It's really deeply appreciated. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Spotify so you don't miss any of our latest podcasts. I hope everyone has a great weekend and gamble responsibly.